hot off the press, Piers. The Piers Project has teamed up with our dear friend and renowned not-for-profit organisation, Little Dreamers Australia, to produce a brand spanking new podcast. If you've ever wished there was a subject called How to Handle Your Money 101, this is it. The Money Matters podcast is here to demystify the world of money and help young carers take control of their money, one transaction at a time. Tune into the Money Matters podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or just head straight to the link in this episode's description. Now let's get into this episode. This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Kidanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveler, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, lovely people, and welcome back to another episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. This just in, New Delhi raised and now London based, Mia Nelson is a founder, researcher and deployment software engineer. If that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. In a few years, Mia went from graduate to making the Forbes 30 under 30 list, but it's what she had to learn again that changed her. Mia co-founded Pradina, an engineering startup that developed a machine which predicts the risk of road traffic crashes in real time. In the years following, she became product manager at Minica, an engineering company that develops artificial intelligence and robotic process automation. Awards were wide and praise was high. Somewhere between it all, Miha got lost. In this episode, Miha and I go deep. She reveals the competitive nature of STEM, why we shouldn't put value in our valuables, and the importance of remembering what matters, the work, the work, the work. For those of you who haven't yet, make sure to take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs. Okay, without further ado, hello, Miha. Miha, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you today. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So, you know, you and I recently connected over LinkedIn and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work that you're doing in the tech and in the business space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. No worries. Thank you. Of course. Great. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. I start from the very beginning. Well, uh, a very regular person, did a computer science degree, then came to UK, uh, did my master's in uh, artificial intelligence. 
worked with uh, with so there were two university professors who had started a startup and i worked there as an r&d engineer and then the startup got acquired i left and started my own ai startup in which we use uh, ai to predict road accidents the company is called as predina and we basically predict and reduce the risk of road traffic crashes worked there and then left that and then i'm part of a company called as memic automation round and here we we're automating the rpa process discovery by taking off a, a lot of the paperwork which is involved in the process discovery phase of rpa which stands for robotic process automation and yeah i am the technical op- operations product like working on a lot of different things directly with the CEO there. Yeah. Love it. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to dive deeper into your work, but I guess before I do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up and how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Okay. So specifically my birth was in Kerala uh, because my both my parents are from a state called Kerala which is in India however i was la- like i was largely born brought up in delhi so what happens in our culture is when the woman is pregnant she goes to her parents house to deliver the baby so yeah basically <laughs> yeah uh, cool yeah so but bringing up uh, was largely in delhi so it i my trajectory is going to be very different from somebody who comes from a small village in india and i think yeah i had a very normal uh, regular life and i for me it wasn't as difficult as it would be for somebody who came from a small city or small village because i was living in the capital so i think things were i think i had it a lot easier than a lot of people coming from the same country because yeah i, I was just lucky uh, and i had a lot of privileges which a lot of people don't have so yeah Amazing. And what what was what's it like to like live in Delhi? You know, I think for those of us who haven't been to India or, you know, I personally can't wait to go there, but you know, what's that like? Like big city, so many people bustling, you know, what did that that I guess what were those early years like growing up in Delhi? So to uh, I think describe Delhi uh, from my perspective again it's like 1.3 billion of us everyone has their own opinion is I think it's very competitive. and growing up in the second largest populous country in the world you realize it pretty quickly that if you don't work hard and give it your best you basically have no chance and uh, to give you a little overview of how it works is we have uh, once you finish your high school and you enter university there are some colleges who end up having 99 to 100% as cutoffs so you can imagine the level of competition which is there I personally think that it's a lot easier to get into foreign universities than getting into a university in India because the competition and the probability of you making it is pretty low in terms of percentage of people who get admission and a lot of people do not get admission to those colleges and people who have the opportunity of going out and studying some are blessed to get that scholarship because as you know scholarships are limited but a good number of people who do go out of the country to come from families who can either afford it or are in a position to at least take a loan to go out so i feel that there's a lot of good talent 
who don't get those same opportunities to actually go out and the only way they can make it is get into these colleges which basically means grilling themselves so much to make through the competition and actually get through those good colleges so yeah it's just amazing just like the number of people i mean i did some studies in china um in shanghai and and at a university they're actually on exchange and even just obviously it's not india but even just being around like just the, the fierce competition you really forget or you, you're just reminded or you're you're thrown into an environment where you're like wow i've never had to compete so much i guess did that how did that play a role for you i guess growing up and heading to university there and then the idea to kind of head to the UK? I think uh, in a way when you are brought up in a country where there's so much competition and you see the consequences of not studying so soon that it also uh, develops a thick skin while growing up because I remember even when I was in school there was some level of tension between people who were getting top grades. They would not be as helpful to each other. I remember one friend Apparently, yeah, she was a friend, quote unquote. She would literally call people who had a higher chance of getting good grades and talk to them and waste their time because she's prepared by then so that they don't, yeah, that was one person. Then there was people, the person who gets good grades just a day before the exams, your notebooks would be stolen. Some people were righteous enough that they'll return it back. After the exam, you'll discover it is back. It was, it was crazy. Like, and then uh, people won't be very helpful. Everyone, so not only there is a fierce competition, but people, you wouldn't, at least in Delhi, you wouldn't see people helping out each other as much. Their genuineness is kind of gone because everyone thinks that if they help you, whether it's school or this college, whether it's work, is that if you go ahead of them, then they lose out because there's so much competition, right? So you see that dirty side of the world very quickly. Imagine at a young age, even in middle school or like, you know, like the moment you start having exams, you start seeing all of that happening and the pressure you have because your parents are again comparing you with all your friends. And in sometimes you are the rank holder and sometimes somebody else is and, you know, it's a lot. And to make it even worse, every year you'll go to the college, uh, go to your uh, school and you'll have this big thing and it will say the ranks of everyone. Only the top people would be there. So... And until then, there's a surprise. And I used to, I remember clearly, like I couldn't sleep that night. I'll be like crying. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to come. And then I wouldn't have the guts and my sister would go to see that. It was like crazy. I never think about it. It was just cool, you know? Yeah, it, you, just trying to just, learn. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be like that. So yeah, it was. And then even when we are sitting for, we have something called as campus placements. So in which like thousands of people would be sitting for probably a handful of positions, probably 20 or 30 or even less. So it depends who is hiring. So you can imagine how much, like how crazy it could be. Wow. I think it's just fascinating to hear this. And I think it really gives us, I mean, those of us who are, listening in and tuning in, it really gives us some perspective on, I guess, how good we have it or I guess the opportunity that's available to us. So I guess for you then coming out of that extremely competitive, you know, field, I saw that you went to the Amti University in Delhi and yeah. you did a Bachelor of Tech. Yeah. You know, what, when you finally got in and after all the, the craziness, you know, what was the university life like for you? And I guess what was 
like a number one thing that you or something that you learned about yourself during that time? So even though I was in this competitive environment, uh, there is this characteristic trait in me that I I love teaching and I love learning. And I did not like the fact that people thought that just because they're going to help you, it would make them any less. Because I feel like knowledge is something that should be shared and you should grow in that. If I tell you four things and you tell me one, it's a mutual beneficial thing and it should never be something that holds you back. And I feel that in a lot of cultures, irrespective of whatever scale you are, you'll come across very few people who are willing to sit down and help out. And I'm like, I don't understand. You're not going to lose anything by helping. So... That was the main thing which I was uh, experiencing was people were not very helpful. And so I thought like, I was actually pretty helpful when it came to a lot of different things on the way, all the way to not being ethical. Basically, I remember I used to help people, uh, the people who were not very good in computer science and then even helping them out on like, uh, if there are practicals and uh, if there are assignments to be done. It was kind of crazy. So one person does it, everybody copies. So all of that used to happen. (laughs) So that was like another degree. Uh, Yeah. But the point was, the reason it was happening, because there were not a lot of people who would be willing to do it. And the ones who, who knew it would not be willing to sit down and even teach their friends. Like you, like so many people were called your friends, but really when you need them, they won't be there. And, uh, I still remember very distinctly when in, when I was in my university, I had gone to my university and it was my exam. Okay. So I went, so there is a place where everybody puts their bags. Okay. And there is a, a guy who is responsible for taking care of bags. So they make this area where all the bags are like dumped and we go to the exam hall. And then there are two people who sit there guarding those bags. And when I came back, my bag wasn't there. So somebody stole it. And but but since they took the entire bag, I had nothing. I just had my exam sheet, the roll thing, and I didn't know how to go back home. It was late, and I was in such a desperate position. I was like, I and um, living in Delhi, which is not the safest place, you can't just, you know. And I'm like, it, it got dark, and I was like, and I at that point in time, I felt so desperate because people who quote unquote call them because it was an exam period, so everybody has to go back home and. And I remember there was just one friend. I'm still very good friends. She was the one who was like, okay, she stayed there. Like she didn't have to. She like If it was not for her, I don't know how I would have reached home. She gave me the money so that I can go home. I went with her. Uh, there was this cab service you have, which picks you from home and drops you to the university. Also, Noida is also a place where a lot of, I mean, Delhi generally has a lot of rape cases, but Noida is even worse. <laughs> so... So you don't usually travel unless until it's a secure thing. And had it not been for her on that occasion, I, I would have just stayed in the university because that was like the safest thing to do, you know, because I didn't even have my phone to call anyone. Like everything was in that bag. I just had a pen and a piece. Of, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And there were people who called themselves as my friends and they and they knew what happened and they didn't do anything. And they lived clo- like they could have. Like it was so that... I remember that helplessness and that's not the first time that has happened. It has happened on time and again when you come across people whom you think they are your friends and you have helped them and you are in this situation, they were not willing to help. And then it kind of shaped me to a very bad and competitive side of world to a degree that people stop being human anymore. And it was, and then you learn it and you 
you're like basically taking in everything that's being given to you and you're also realizing the fact that this is what life is and life is not going to be fair and you might not have it your way all the time and you just learn to take everything in your stride and go on and and I'm still privileged and blessed as compared to so many people who don't even get a chance to go to college even though they're 100 times more smarter and better than me and everything else and I just had an unfair advantage so I don't even have the right to complain because at least I'm getting education so yeah so interesting I just think you brought up so many important points there I think one of them that stood out to me is really that idea of surrounding yourself with people that genuinely are going to have your back you know what what advice would you give to our peers out there listening maybe they've had a similar experience maybe they haven't maybe they're just struggling to find their people right now you know what advice would you give about that I would be very conscious about the kind of people you spend time with and this is something I saw growing up back home and I saw even here. So I read this somewhere and I really believe it. You are the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And you have to be very, very particular about who those people are. Don't just hang out with just anyone. I'm not saying that you should be judgmental and discriminative towards them. But every single individual you're going to be with is going to shape you and is going to leave up part of them to you it's not just your you know romantic relationships which does that it's everybody in your lifespan when you're studying you're spending so much of your hours with these people and they're shaping you and you would see like you might have come across people whom who were like really nice people and suddenly they became so selfish and so self-centered what is changing everybody every individual who was born is born innocent and nice and helping and all of that all with good qualities it's the surroundings which are continuously changing these people and they're evolving into a different individual. So if you believe in some set of values, surround yourself with people who, who are aligned to that. And you don't need five, six friends. Even if you can get one, that, that's more than enough. And you spend most of the time with, with them. And the second thing is, I know it's very difficult to do. You should always do what is right. Even though the entire world is doing the wrong thing, you always make sure that you hold your ground on what is right and you keep on going on that route. And your life is going to be 100 times more difficult than everybody else. Things, unfair things will keep on happening to you, but you still stay on course because in the long run, that's what counts. Even the people who are horrible to you, they will respect you because you're a person who, is, who has values and dignity. And that's in the end, at the end of the day, that's what counts. Yeah, I would like to confess the fact that you would have a difficult life and you will also see everybody else doing really well. And you'll be like, okay, I did all this and these people did all that and they still made it. But again, you have to sit down and think about definition of made it. If you go through that route, you're not very comfortable in your skin. You're continuously insecure. And then either you go out and buy a lot of expensive things to make yourself uh, look important or you are always in front of people bragging about it. Why are you doing all these things? So you have to sometimes sit down and think like, why do these people who come across as so difficult and so arrogant and all that, it's all coming from the point of insecurity. When I'm in a place, I don't have to be that person who's always speaking. I don't have to, like, even if you try to bring me down, it doesn't affect me mentally. I can still go back home and sleep. I have a bunch of people whom I can hang out and I know I'll always have their back. I am living a very happy, good life, you know, and I don't need to 
put myself out there and keep on telling me, oh, by the way, I got this certificate. Oh my God, I got this. And keep on telling the entire world of how amazing I am and how amazing my life is. I am not seeking that validation because I'm quite contained and happy in myself. And that's what living a life with uh, values and dignity and all of that makes. So it's like the old traditional things which I'm talking about. But following it, I know that I don't need anybody's validation. Till date, I have called, people have called and said a lot of horrible things to me and this it's going to continue to happen. But I'm not letting that affect me because they are not going to define how my 10, 20, 50 years of my life is going to be. That is up to me. And I have developed that and that safety, uh, the, the place of safety and security is within me. And you can't take that away from me. And that is what gives you happiness. It's not all of these prizes and everything. The only thing that it does, it, it just adds to your arrogance. That's it. And sparing nobody. It, it, it gets to your head. It's true. I can honestly tell you that when I was like a nobody and nothing was happening, I, as a kid or even later, every time I won something, I was kind of like humble bragging. You don't want to talk about it, but somehow there's somewhere in your, I wish they Google me. I wish they do something and they find something about me and they just bring it up and I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't put it out there, but yeah, you know, it's not good for you. It's really not good for you. So you have to like come back to your center and you have to keep on dragging yourself to the center. I feel like every human being, we're not smart. We're, we're like sheep. We're very stupid and we can always ga- get astray, you know. And it, the only thing which you can do is like after every small thing that's happened to you, like say, for example, something so bad that you feel like that's the end of my life or something so good that you can't, that blows off your mind. Every time all of that is happening, what you have to do is pull yourself back to the center and then start again. It's like everything is day one and no matter what amazing things are happening, you have to come back to, at the end of the day, what really matters. And the, what are you here for? And what do you need to do? And that should always be your center and you should keep on coming back to it. And who matters in the end of the day? Uh, and that is important. And I feel like people should, uh, if you start doing that, you'll be a lot happier person. And you'll stop seeking uh, validation outside. And you'll be in a much happier place. But it's a a daily thing. Every single day you have to do it. Especially this is for people who are doing well in their life, who are getting successful, who are getting all these accolades. Yeah, you have to do it 100 times more than anybody else because it is so easy to get into that trap. It's so easy to, you know, your life just becomes, you end up being a, a person who's going after awards and recognition and you're just seeking for more and more and then once you don't get it like oh that person good why didn't they put me on this list you know I'm all this and it's just it's not worth it it's really not worth it and being there having done those nonsense myself I know that it's very normal it's very human and it's okay if you feel uh, proud of yourself and then you come to a point when you're like, oh, I don't need to look for a job. You should, the job should come to me. Like all the nonsense things that will come to you, you're just the same person and you need to, yeah, basically be grounded, be humble. You might have everything today and will be gone tomorrow like a flip of a switch and you should never, never associate your value with your valuables. Meha, oh my goodness. I'm just taking all of that in. I loved that. And I think there are there are so many good things that you touched. And I think 
what I'm curious to know is when did this all click for you? You know, you've, you, you kind of said it's, you've come full circle. You've, you, you have, you know, you have gotten on the lists and all the stuff and all the goodness, but when did this click? It clicked after those things came. I think it clicked around the time I was leaving my uh, company. I started and I was like, okay, this is all going to end. And I was like, okay, what's more important to me to build a company, to build something that brings value to people or all of this? Yes, it feels very good. You know, you go to all these things and everybody's saying all these nice things about you. Like you wouldn't come when when you're in that phase of your life, everyone is saying nice things about you. You know, nobody's pulling you down. And even the people who never even talk to you, all of a sudden is reaching out to you. You're suddenly and all of and I'm not even that like I'm not even there yet. And I could I could sense a little bit of that. And that got to my head. And I was like, so I didn't outrightly do it. Like I didn't outrightly go out and insult people or like, oh, who do you think I, you know, this is this. But deep down, I was still having that craving that I wish, I wish they find it themselves and and they say some nice things about me, you know. Like it, it was still there, and I could, I was checking myself. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I becoming this person? The same thing I fought against all this while. I'm actually going back to being the same person. So yeah, it was it it was that time, and I was like, okay, and. Uh, I had also become a little arrogant. I wasn't showing it. Okay. So if you come across people who know me, they wouldn't say that. But in my head, because it's like uh, for the personality I am, I come across a very genuine authentic. Like all of that is there. Like I don't show most of my negative qualities, but I'm a very evil person in my head. Like the things which go in my head, like if I, if I put a camera, then give it to anyone. Like, so in my head, I have a lot of evil things coming. You come to me and say horrible things to me. I would never give it back to you. But I'm not a nice person that way. You know, I can't give it back to you because I don't have that characteristic. I'm not inbuilt to give it back to you. You know, so if if something is coming a lot, I go back into my shell. That doesn't make me any more uh, righteous than anybody else. It's just that I don't have that in me to give it back to you. You know, but in my head, I have given you every single thing which I should have. So that doesn't make me any any better right? I still need to work on that. So I am pretty aware of all the things that was going in my head then. Some I have told you, everything I can't, uh, I'm not very proud of. But the point here is, yeah, just that at that point in time, when I knew that that was it, and entering into basically being a beginner again, being a starter again, and now you are not the forefront. Now you would be somebody who would be working, and you would not get you would not be the person who would be represented for no matter how much work you get because now it will come to the person who's leading you and being okay with that. It's 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 not easy. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Oh, my goodness. So for our listeners, our peers out there listening, can you give us a bit of an uh, of overview of what the initial company was, how you got Pradena off the ground, and then the decision to exit, I think it was middle of last year, which is what you, yeah. we're talking about yeah. now. Yeah. I had never thought of starting a company. I didn't even think it of as a career choice. It was an accident. And I'm very grateful uh, to Entrepreneur First because I was in Edinburgh. And uh, so I believe in God and destiny. I feel like I, I believe in an external power. Uh, and I see it as God. You can see it, call it whatever, who's always guiding and helping you. If you if you have a good, clean heart and you genuinely want to do something good and, and it's coming from a good place, I feel like God works in uh, in ways to lead you there. 
So I strongly believe that. So when I was uh, in Edinburgh and I was, I just wanted to, when I came to UK, I didn't want to do a master's. My only aim in life was to get a PhD, get into research, be a professor. And that was it. Like, wow, that was simple. Like I didn't have any, any of that. So unfortunately when I came to Edinburgh and did my master's I found out getting a PhD is so difficult and then even if you get one like I met this Chinese girl she was funding for a PhD I was like okay I'm not paying for that from my own pocket and then I was like okay I got this thing I was like okay now I'm going to work as an R&D engineer so that's going to add to my profile and hopefully I get a PhD so yeah I kept on trying for that and kept on reject getting rejected and I was very frustrated at, at that at that time when EF reached out to me and I, it's kind of like a random email from a random person you don't know which you tend to ignore but then I just I happened to just open that email and I read that and this person was saying nice things about me so it was good for my ego basically because I was feeling horrible at that time like I felt like a failure because you know when you are continuously getting rejected somebody says anything nice about you like okay, you know, just keep talking. <laughs> I need this right now. But then obviously I was like, thanks. Uh, it was very kind of you. And uh, I was like, no, I don't think this is for me. Okay. And then I refused them. So, but then she was pretty persistent and she kept on reaching out to me till I said yes, which was nice, I guess. And then uh, at that time, I felt that uh, reaching out pretty annoying. And I have a lot of uh, like... Uh, weaknesses one of them is I find it very difficult to say no I want to please and help everyone you know and because of that I was like oh. and again I can't give it back to somebody I can't be like rude I can do it by mistake but I don't intentionally try to do it if that makes sense so I was like okay uh, and then she was being nice to me also so I was like you know what I was like it's fine I'll say yes to it and I I, I found out so my cousin has been living in the UK whom I had never contacted okay my parents have been telling, like, you know, he's, he's there, why don't you? And I was like, yeah, okay. But I never took it. I was like, okay. I was feeling desperate. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I reached out to him. I invited myself to his place. And then I was like, I'll go to his place. I'll get some good homemade food. I'll see them. And then I'll uh, uh, visit EF, give the interview. And then, you know, that would be it. Like, uh, it would be a good change of place. And then when I go back, I can start over again. And it's good for my mental health as well. Because I was getting, I was feeling very depressed. So that's how the entire thing started. It was not planned. Then I went there and I did that. And then I uh, remember on the train back to Edinburgh from London, I got selected for the final stage. And that's when I freaked out. I was like, okay, now this thing is getting serious. And I'm just seeing this entire thing as a joke. So, you know. So, sorry, I just want to jump in. What is a oh, oh, entrepreneur's first? Sorry, what yeah. what is the organization? So entrepreneur first... Uh, I mean, it's not like a typical accelerator. What they do is they bring the best technical business product specialists, all those people who have been in the industry and who are good in one place, and then they start companies. So you don't need an idea. You don't need a co-founder. They just see that you have that founder quality in you and they bring you. And now you can join that program. They pay you while you're in the program to find a co-founder, wow. to find an idea and to start a company. And they are also the first investors in the company. So, wow. so, so I was like, okay, so if you have, if you think you want to try it out, it's a good deal, right? If you think about it. Great deal. Yeah. So <laughs> and you like, were like, oh, whatever. Yeah. So, so I didn't, okay, at that time I hadn't researched them because I was seeing this entire thing as a joke. I was like, some random person reached out to me and I'm just going to this place where they're talking about these things and 
you know, that, so that was it. But when I got selected for the final round, that's when I freaked out. I was like, okay, I can't do this, you know, like, I don't even know anything about this. I'm on a visa in this country. And like, what, what if this fails? And then I have to go back because, you know, it's very difficult to find a job who is willing to sponsor your visa and you might have a limited time period till you get that. And if you don't get it in the time period, then you have to go back. So that everything comes to an end. And I was like, okay, I don't think it's worth the risk. So I refused them at the final thing again. And then the final stage interview had got over and everything was fine. And at that time, I was talking to my dad. Uh, he, I told him that there was, I didn't tell anybody about this because I didn't even think. And then I was like, I, and my dad was like, are you crazy? People in this world are guy, dying to even try something out. You're getting an option. You're going to say no to that. And my dad was like a very hardworking person uh, and he had finished his job and he was just doing a nine to five job. Obviously he put, put in a lot, a lot of hours. He went up the ranks, all of that. But he's like, you know what, even though you're the best person in a company or a team, in most cases, you are very replaceable. You do everything in in there. You spend like 20, 30 years in the company, but once it's done, it's done. And you think that, oh, this department would never run without me and all. But once you leave, it still runs, right? Yeah. <laughs> you might be the Steve Job, but the company is still running, right? So you are not the beginning and end of the world. And if you're getting an opportunity to do something your own and you can make the rules and do it a certain way, then why not try it? You know, at least don't give up without even trying it. So I was like, you know what, <laughs> you're right. And at that point, it was not very comfortable for me because my dad was the one who was paying for everything. And then I had just got the job and there was nobody who was earning in my family. So it was pretty risky, right, to even take that jump. But when he talked all these motivations, I don't know why he did that. It was pretty risky, but he did. And then I was like you know what, I think I should. And then I started praying. I was like, oh, you know what, God, just do something. Let them call me back. This time I'm going to definitely say yes. But by that time, everything had finished. The final interview dates had passed, all of that. And they did call me. And they they did call me. They told me that, that they saw some qualities in me, which is very rare. And uh, they definitely think I'll make a great founder. And they even offered me, I'm not sure how much, they even paid me. Before I joined the program, they paid me around 3,000, 5,000 pounds in my account so that I feel comfortable taking that financial risk to join them. And I was like, wow, that's so nice of somebody to do that. that I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, these people really want me, you know? And <laughs> I was like, that's so nice. And everyone was way, way too nice when I joined as well. So I, I definitely owe it to them. And when I joined, I can't describe that feeling to you. And if you've ever been in a, if you've ever married, people say soulmate, I don't buy that. But if you've ever been in a place where you know you belong, it's a very different feeling. It's, I can't explain it in words, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you stop trying to be something anymore. You're like, okay, I'll do this. And you stop planning your life. You just feel like this is what I was looking for all my life. This is where I belong. It, it, it's that feeling. And I didn't get in and I met this guy there. And he was like, when you came here, did you feel like, ah, this is what I was looking for. And now I get it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, he's like, most of the people here are like that. And I was like, wow. And that was very profound. It still stuck with me. And then that was the start of my journey. And again, it was not the most traditional journeys. We was, we had three months to uh, in the accelerator to finish and get the funding two weeks and I was like working with person and then I realized it's not going to work out because you're looking for a co-founder you're working on different ideas so 
I think I worked all in all with like five people during that time. And I had just broken up a week before the first deadline in which they will decide which other companies are going to make the first cut and they will do the first initial investment in them. And I was like there one week before that uh, deadline and I don't have a co-founder. I don't have an idea. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. So this turned out to be the biggest failure of my life now. Okay. So I have to start looking for a job in, in London, like, because obviously, you know, it was not the nicest place. And then that's when I came across my co-founder and we formed a team. Now, if you're forming a team just a week before the deadline, compared to everybody who's been working for three months, you don't have much to show for, right? And I remember, uh, so, so it's Wendy, Wendy Tan White. She is um, the VP at Moonshoot Google X right now, okay? At that time, she was in EF and she was mentoring us and she was our mentor, Every person who is starting a company, they have given mentors who are exited entrepreneurs and things like that. And we were lucky that she was our mentor. So she met me. Uh, and I remember just before I met my co-founder, I was like, okay, I, I had given up by, by then. And I had the talk. EF has a talk uh, when they know that there's no hope and now you have to go out. So they uh, do this talk that, you know, you can join other companies also. This is the closest you can be. We can help you find a job, like all of that. So I had had that talk by then. Okay. And I was feeling very depressed. So I was like, okay, she's pretty, she's a very successful woman. She's, she's an executive entrepreneur. So I was like, I just set up a meeting with her. And then I was like, you know what? I was like, okay, this is this is where I stand. I want to know how can I still get there? Is there any other route? You know, so I had that conversation with him and she was like, okay, are you talking to other people? Like, yeah, I'm talking to this bunch of people. And one of them was actually mentored by him. So I was like, I have this guy as well. I'm going to talk and see if we can co-found together. And then we co-founded together and she was our mentor. She's like, oh my God, <laughs> you are quite, uh, yeah. And then we had the, that interview or whatever, like the cutoff thing and we present our idea. I think we we were the only one who formed on the last week and made it through. And there was a lot of discussion. Uh, we, we were told that there was a lot of discussion that happened because there were people who had been working for three months who didn't make the cut and we did. So a lot of people were also jealous of us. It was not a very nice place to be in because it felt sounded pretty unfair. What they did, there was a lot of debate of whether we should go through or not. And then they're like, okay, they, they went all the way back to the time they had interviewed us and they had all the notes. And then they're like, this is a very special combination of two people and they're working on something big. So either this could be a total failure, or this could be a big thing. And that's how they, they gave a chance on us. And that's how we made the pass. Yeah, and everything else is history. But if I sit down and look back of everything that has happened, I don't believe that working hard and all of that made this. There was an external power that was working, which is directing me to something I didn't know of. And I think when you come to a place where you're very comfortable in your own skin, you're very humble, you know that it's not you. There is something which is, there's a lot of other forces, a lot of beautiful people who are working to help you out, to help you reach there. And the fact that nothing is self-made. A lot of people have sacrificed for you to be that self-made. And once you realize that and that humility comes in you, then this external power, which I call God, you can call it whatever, is going to help you lead that way through. Oh, it's just so well said. And I am, I just am so blown away from your story. And we really appreciate you sharing it with us. I've got a couple last few questions as we start to finish up. I think the first thing is, you know, what was the biggest challenge in the early days with the company getting it really going and off the, off the ground? I think the biggest, biggest challenge, I think that is something which most companies face is A, getting funding. 
and uh, be um, finding the product market fit like we uh, brought together the company in the base of a concept of how the external environment has impact on the risk of the vehicle and we were also looking at and we thought that the best application would be in autonomous vehicles which we never ended up doing actually so you was taking that concept of a rough abstract idea and then uh, crystallizing it into something that could generate money or could bring value is is very difficult i think any person who started a company these are the two things and the second was funding what happened in terms of funding was we were pretty unlucky nobody gave us money <laughs> except yes uh, so it could also be that whenever i don't know i haven't i don't know for a fact but there's a lot of talk of uh, uh, internal biases which people have my co-founder was black and i was a woman and i was indian this combination doesn't exist in the industry nobody has seen something like that before and i'm pretty tiny and he's like a really tall guy so when you whenever you look it's like okay <laughs> so you wouldn't have never seen that before okay so whenever people looked at us it looked odd it looked weird we didn't fit in okay i don't know if that was the reason for us not to be able to raise funding because you can't actually sit down and point a finger and be like okay that i think that's what happened i don't know and then we were working on a place where we are like and then uh, with the crystallization thing we came up to a very narrow thing which we were doing is that we predict and mitigate the risk of road accidents now this has nobody has done this before like that's such a crazy thing to even work on right and since nobody's ever done this like there is a reason why nobody has done that so the fact that you're doing that is you're bound to fail so why should we put our money in that and even then i was pretty angry but looking back i like i, I get it if i <laughs> earn my hard earned money i'm going to put it probably on a safer thing or you should be like an american investor who's like let's put a bet on this you know europeans are not like that europeans are more uh, they want to make more safe investments rather than trying bets big bets on things so we did struggle which meant we had like i think um, 70k in the bank uh, which means that's a, that's a all the time we will have to live and in that time we have to prove enough so that we can close around so yes all these awards and those things came but we didn't have money to get employees like full time employees because we just had that much money so we can't get full time employees and whoever is going to help you should have money to pay them and we have to support ourselves and all of that surviving on 1200 a month in london is not the easiest thing to do so so you you realize it pretty quick that yes you are you are not going to get money how can you get this thing up the ground and yeah things followed we were able to we reached out to people a lot of people worked without even getting paid a lot of people did things for us out of pure sheer goodwill and we were able to not only deliver the solution we we, we were able to do something which has not been done before and that's why we got all this media recognition but we didn't have anything to get that right if i sit down and think about it we didn't have anything to get it right and we was like so much of a nobody that every all these articles was also like a lot of blessing because we never applied for any of that people reached out us like we want to write about you like i was like and we are like two people barely trying trying to make it like and and we were all these things and everyone around us were like oh you guys are doing so well and i was like i am like barely making it you know i don't even know if i'm going to pay my next next year rent and 
So my dad, I remember, this is something I had a conversation recently because I was in another, uh, like some list had come and somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn because of that. And they were like, congratulations that, oh, something has come out. And then he's like, you know, you remind me of that person we had in India. That he was a very famous wrestler. He went out and got a lot of gold medals and he got so much accolades that the government of India and that state actually named the road in his name. And he was like, you know what he's doing now? Uh, he's selling uh, like papad or some random shit in that same room. <laughs> so it's like, that's what I feel like when I listen to you. You, you, have, this, you have this fancy image out in the world and you're, you're kind of barely making ends meet. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it takes thing. time. <laughs> it, it takes time. So, uh, so, so this is... Uh, I'm like the most honest person you'll come across in life. So I'm I just, love it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, tell all those people who are looking at all these media things and like, oh, everything is going so well for them. Go and talk to them. It's not the truth. You know, I know one person, I wouldn't take the name. This person uh, has got so much accolades. This person has also met the prime minister, all of that. And that person is in a terrible place. Like just because somebody is getting all of that and there is a media image of them it could be far away from the reality and you don't know what they're going through. So don't believe everything you see in the social media. The reality is going to be so different. Oh, once again. Oh, Meha, I so appreciate you. We so appreciate your honesty and this conversation has been absolutely fascinating and so inspiring. I think I just want to take a moment before we wrap up and I ask you the final question to just acknowledge you, Meha, to for all the phenomenal work you've done and that you're doing for really showing us that we don't have to be all that. And I say that in quotation marks, you know, if we're just ourselves, if we stay true to ourselves and we work on a greater mission and appreciate that there's a greater power working for us, we can achieve great things. Mm -hmm. And I guess it just does take time. So we really appreciate you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Of course. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is... What is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I think every individual is looking for a purpose in their life. All of us. That cannot be achieved by being in the media. That cannot be achieved by getting awards. That cannot be achieved by getting married to the person you love. That cannot be achieved by all the love all your family and friends are bestowing and all the money in the world. You have to find that purpose. And that is what gives you the energy to get up every day and go out there and give it your best, even on all those days when you don't feel like doing it. So for all those people who think that, oh, entrepreneurs are passionate people and all that, they're not. They feel like giving up every day. Had they known it was so difficult, they would have not even started. And I can tell that for every single person who's been an entrepreneur and are doing it, it's not easy. You know, you don't want to get up in the morning and do it. You know, sometimes you're in the meeting and people are telling things and you're not even hearing and it's like, I have no idea. And they're like, so what do you think we should do next? And you're in your head, you're thinking, I have no clue. But you can't say that. And that kills you. So yeah, I'm brutally honest. And I'm like, if you're there and you're thinking all that, it's normal. Everybody's thinking that and it's okay. You know, you don't have all the answers and nobody does. You know, so the only thing is you're in that position. You have to make a number of decisions and lead people uh, in a certain direction and hopefully you'll make it don't point your life on success and failures point on the life purpose it's and it's like for me i'm working towards a very 
specific purpose which I, which is close to me is growing up all the people i was looking up to and admiring were all men okay and that is because they were everywhere you know and whenever and this is my personal opinion and obviously people can have very different opinions to that growing up i didn't like the fact that every time somebody had to honor a woman they had to create a specific category for them to honor them because if you if you create a general category we never made it right why do we have why do we have a list of uh, uh, richest female billionaires why can't we have richest people because in the richest people we don't fare there and that in in the process of promoting them you're also making me feel that if you do it in the general one i would never make it and that made me feel some sort of way but when anything you're doing out there why do you even have to have these extra work to to do to even make sure that you know you give equal rights to that why can't it be that that is the definition of normal and the person who is good irrespective gets in you know i don't want to go somewhere and get an award just because i'm a female like i didn't do anything i was born with it i don't give i don't want that please don't give it to me you know can i just enter every field and have every representation there and then nobody awards me just because i'm a woman or i have a specific color but you award me because on a scale of everybody else in the world i made it and i'm not bringing on people who are doing that that's a good thing because you are acknowledging that the journey for you would be 100 times more difficult than this person so even if you made it this far it's worth celebrating yes definitely but it still didn't work for me i was not happy with what i was seeing and i was like when i when i see the list next time i don't want a list which is different for uh, different ethnic people or different for like i don't want those tags i want a general list and everybody's represented there and there is no need for for somebody to even do that because we came to that world and for me if i can make a little mark in there that the coming generation when they google that i want to work on this specific field i want to do this and they google they could find people like them at the same place like i am not talking and probably my ambition is a bit too much but when i search for the top 5 richest people in the world it's all it's it, it we are not there if you talk about the uh, top 5 invest like wherever you do that you know it's it's still the same thing we haven't made it there yes it's changing but it's not there and if i am a very ambitious person and i want to be at the top of my field then i'm going to look for the best person in that field and if that best person is not a representation of me then it bothers me right and look at everywhere whether it's a film industry or anything you know there are only certain places where we could have made it and i think i would like i could be wrong but i feel in the music industry i think everybody has got a decent enough share if i compare to all the other sectors you know it's it's pretty diverse and thank god for that but everywhere else it's a bit you're like yeah you know she's the highest female actress or uh, no let's say that this is the highest paid actor or or whatever gender neutral term that there is there i mean actor is a male term but anything which is there like and seeing that makes me feel that there is hope because if nobody has ever made it there probably there's a good reason for it and that makes me question every time i face a difficulty am i aiming for something where i'm bound to fail every time you're in this deep pit and you have nobody to look up to because nobody none of those people look like you you're like maybe there's a very good reason that all these people after all the amazing things they made they did 
they still don't match to them and that bothers me because that kind of makes me question and tries i end up trying to limit my dream like is it even possible is there is there something there that all these people even if they ended up being billionaires millionaires they never made it to all the way to the top is there something which is there some secrets is there some knowledge there which i'm missing and if I, am i just pushing myself to a place where i'm bound to fail i would still like to try irrespective but it is disheartening i couldn't agree more and we so appreciate you and as i said earlier you know you are the example that so many of us who who you know don't look a certain way are looking to people like yourself and going oh my goodness she's doing it and look early on you know still early on in the game you've experienced so much but you you we still got a while to go and i think it's just it's really inspiring what you're doing so we really appreciate you for that meha thank you amazing so that is the end of today's episode oh my goodness what a conversation for those of us who want to learn more about what you and your businesses and and what you're doing where can we find out more about you well just reach out to me on uh, linkedin i do check my linkedin pretty often but don't try to please me like like i don't need that please like that is uh, that's that's hurtful like i'm not looking for that if you're a genuine person and I, if i can genuinely help you then i will i have uh, there are people who have reached out to me on linkedin there are people who have reached out to me on facebook for like random things and i have helped them like i don't i'm no i'm just a very regular person who does very regular stuff yeah like if you come i you can i can meet you you can see my normal life and probably it would be a kind of disappointing thing for you but i am as as equal as you are and there's no difference but if i can help you in any small which way i can then i'll be happy to but you should come across as a genuine person and not somebody who's like yeah i don't uh, want to use that bad word but yeah you you got the point <laughs> <laughs> oh we got the point i love it no i so we so appreciate it Amazing. Thank you so much, Miha. Once again, we really appreciate you. And for all of our peers out there listening, we will end with that. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played and leave us a review. We produce with passion and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.